Welcome to the Heart of Money podcast, where we discuss the impact that money has on every area of your life, and where you can learn to make smarter money decisions. Join our conversation as we discuss our past experiences, talk about how to make better money management choices, and in the end, make a commitment to being weird. Hey folks, welcome back to the Heart of Money, episode 51. I am your host, Austin Black. I'm joined by my co-host, Bob Wessler, and a wonderful special guest on today's episode, Miss Dana Shea Williams. Dana Shea is a marriage and relationship coach and host of the Real Relationship Talk podcast. She's also a devoted daughter and friend of God and serves as the online pastor at a multi-site and multi-ethnic church. Dana's mission is to help lead people into more fruitful relationships with the Lord and each other. She's from Virginia Beach, Virginia, where she lives with Sean, her husband, four amazing children, and their multicultural dog. So I'm so glad to have Dana Shea on the podcast today. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you so much for having me, Austin. I'm excited for our conversation today. <laughs> yes. So this, this is going to be a fun, um, I'm going to use the word experiment because... <clears throat> This is the first guest episode that Bob and I have done together. So for those of you out there listening, you're in for a treat because none of us know how this is actually going to go, but we know it's going to go well. So I'm <laughs> excited to have this uh, this great conversation. Um, Dana Shea, you and I have had a chance to collaborate a little bit and kind of network um, in the pen recent months and got connected on podcast. And I love your heart. I love your story. I love you know what you do. So I want you to take a few minutes just to share with the audience a little bit about yourself and your business and, and how you're helping people through your podcast and your coaching. Yeah, absolutely. And Austin, you were on my show and I appreciate that. I can't wait for that episode to air. And uh, hopefully by the time this one airs, we'll kind of do a little little collab there. Um, but, you know, my husband and I got married super young. I was 18. He was 21. Um, we had uh, no money, no sense, you know, no wisdom. And we made so many mistakes early on in our marriage. And just throughout that, you know, we would reach out to people, usually people in the church, older couples. Couples. We were like, we need a mentor couple. And for whatever reason, we just could not find a good couple to mentor us. And so therefore, we continue to make mistakes and kind of fail our way through marriage. And uh, probably 10 years in, I just started having um random people just coming to us asking us like you guys have been married for 10 years you know which seemed like such a long time back then um and we were super young we were still in our 20s or I was at least still in my 20s and so people just began asking us questions about marriage and how do you do it and so I kind of in like inorganically started coaching way back then um and then you know fast forward a few years I had been helping couples doing things within my church when I realized like there's something to this. So I went through a whole coaching certification and, and I actually, you know, decided to make a business out of it. Awesome. Well, I know in, in talking with you and, and you mentioned it there a minute ago um, that whenever you guys were first married, um, you didn't have a lot of money there and there's, and there's a little bit of different um, personality types within that. <clears throat> and as, as you know, I talked before the show, um, one of the things that, that you really, learn from and and we're able to share with other people was taking someone who is a natural saver and someone who's a natural spender and when those two people get married that's a big dynamic and i look forward to the questions that bob has around that um but if you want to just start with kind of giving a little bit of your personal experience um of early on how you and your husband 
and handled that dynamic and really got on on a good page with each other from the saving and spending mentality. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because as a child, I watched my mom struggle. My mom was a single mom for the majority of my life. I had a stepfather who was kind of in and out, um, but I watched my mom struggle financially. And my mom, always, she used to always say a phrase and she'd be like, we don't have money. I'm broke. I'm broke. I'm broke. So that became like the soundtrack in my mind. And I just always felt like we never had anything. Now, granted, when I look back, I'm like, okay, I was raised in a nice suburban neighborhood. I went to private Christian school. So we weren't poor, um, but we certainly didn't have a lot of extras. But that seed was implanted that money is scary and you're never going to have enough of it. So I developed this super saving mentality from the time I was a child. I would get my little allowance and I would never spend any money. You know, I might go to like the candy store and buy myself like a thing, you know, a pack of candy, but that's it. And so by the time I was 18 and I got married, I had saved up so much money that I paid for my own wedding. And so my mom, she, she wasn't financially able to help. And so, um, you know, contrast that with my husband who grew up very differently than I did where his mother also a single mom, but she bought him everything that she could. So it it was like very different dynamics. So my husband was raised in a household where if he wanted something, he got it. And so when we got married, I was like, we've got to save, we've got to save, we've got to save every little thing. And he was like, I call him Santa Claus on steroids, you know, because he was just like (laughs) throwing money all around. And I'm like, what is happening? Like, we don't have it. We don't have it. And like the whole like mentality I was, I realized now, obviously this is much, you know, several years into my marriage. I realized that I was still dealing with that like scarcity mentality that I had grown up with and we don't have it. We don't have it. So I was, I was saving not because I was like a wonderful, good steward, but because I was afraid of being broke. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Man, Bob, what, what, what does this bring to mind to you as you're hearing the story? Cause I know there's a few things that I hear, um, particularly around just that scarcity and that, that fear based, uh, what's jumping at you right now and what she's talking about just from that, that beginning marriage perspective. Yeah, I was going to start off with asking which side of the personality were you, but you made that very clear on <laughs> on which one you were slash are. And mm-hmm. I guess my first question is, as you went into the marriage and your thought process was, we don't have it, did you really have it? And it was just your mind <clears throat> saying, I don't have the money to do things with, or were things really tight when you started out? Oh, no, things were really tight. So, so yeah, I mean, I was working at, you know, again, 18 years old, I was working for an insurance company. So I was making decent money, I mean, especially for an 18 year old, but we also had a six week old child. And so we had this, this new baby, this new marriage. I mean, I'm learning how to be an adult. I'm literally 18 years old. And so just like, oh, you have to pay for the electricity and the water, you know, and the tra- the people that come pick up your trash, you have to pay for that. Like, you know, just I had no idea what it meant to be an adult. And my husband was working in a call center. He was he was making like, y'all, this would have been back in 1999. I think he was making like eight something an hour. OK, so like we really did not have it. <laughs> I know smokes. from my experience, I kind of yeah. grew up on that side with. 
and I've learned this about my parents recently is I came from a single income family and my mom managed all the bills. My dad brought in the money and it was very similar to your, to your story and saying, we don't have it. We don't have it, but we had a very nice house. Um, anything that I wanted, I basically got. And so it wasn't like we were really living hand to mouth. Um, but at the same time, it was that mentality of, you know, we don't have a lot of extra to play with. So that was where I was coming with the, asking the question of where was your mindset and how did that relate to where you were actually financially? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And, you know, as we look at, you know, the money personalities, you know, there, you have the spender, you got the saver and, and then the way the terms that I use is dreamer and planner for the other two, the other main, for the main four personalities. So whenever you take that spender and that saver and you combine them, there, there typically is this really contrasting perspective of do we have it or do we just not want to spend it on anything? Therefore, we convince ourselves that there's nothing extra there because it's, we're, all, you know, we're trying just to have that security and, and that you know, abundance that we have control of. But it's interesting because whether you, you have it or you don't have it, if you are a natural saver, and I, I actually was on a, a call this morning um, when we talked about something very similar to this, you automatically put yourself, I think, in a scarcity mindset whenever the saving is your natural mode because you are you are afraid of not having the money there. You are almost um, trying to avoid the lack of savings, so you kind of go to the extreme there. But I, I love to hear. <clears throat> whether it's from your own experience or what you've you've taught your clients or just wherever it's come from within your life, the the real key elements of not falling into that scarcity, um, fear-based attitude of money, even when the money is there, if you're a natural saver, and then if you are a spender, how you can relate to that in your spouse and not feel like you're being constrained if you're married to a saver. Mm-hmm. Great question. You know, so as we've progressed through this, I think I will always be a saver. Like I can't imagine not prioritizing savings. Like I just, right. it would feel so, I would feel out of control, you know? Um, but what I have learned, and this is something that I'm always telling my clients is that usually opposites attract in marriage and relationships. Right. Yep. And I think that that's God's way of, of sharpening us, you know, like that iron that sharpens iron. And so I have grown watching my husband's generosity because not only is he a spender, but he is extremely generous and he gives without any fear. And that has been revolutionary for me because I'm like, well, I think I'm generous somewhere deep down inside, you know, but, <laughs> but I just, again, it's that fear a lot of times that like, well, I'm, I can't give to that because if we give to that, then, you know, and so like just being around him and being married to him has really helped me to, to become more, really to walk more in faith and to give mm-hmm. more generously. And then I think, with him being married to me, he has learned the value of saving, of of having a, a cushion. You know, we went through COVID, the whole world, right? Mm-hmm. And we didn't miss a beat. You know, now our jobs weren't affected through by COVID, praise God. We both also have businesses. So, I mean, we were good, but we we had so much toilet paper austin and bob like we like when when my neighbors were like all the grocery stores are sold out i'm like it's here 
<laughs> we have so much toilet paper, but it's like that, that was like a mentality of like, we need to, yeah. we need to have stuff so that we can save it. And so we had all this abundance of toilet paper months before the pandemic. Like we weren't think nobody knew the pandemic was going to happen. So I feel like we've kind of both rubbed off on each other in a good way. And that is when our opposites really work in a relationship to, to, to basically to bring both boats higher, if you will, you know, like that quote, when the tide rises it causes all the boats to, to float i just jacked up yeah. the quote but you guys you know you get what i mean right. and so um yeah <laughs> that's oh, great man. austin does that with quotes all the time so <laughs> at, during the pandemic we uh bartered with toilet paper we had oh so it, it worked out in our favor pretty well that was smart. Yeah, I thought, you know, I should probably post some of these like on Facebook Marketplace. Like I could probably sell, you know, we buy the big old ones, like the like mm -hmm. nine, it's like nine rolls, but it's like 1000, you know, rolls, you know, whatever right. they like advertise it or whatever. And so um, I'm like, we could have probably sold those for about 50 bucks each, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Easily, yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing those mm. memes of, you know, two two pieces of, of lumber in the back of a truck or one package of, of toilet paper and someone's trying to sell it and they go, don't lowball me. I know what I got. <laughs> <laughs> Man, as I as I'm listening to to what you just said there, <clears throat> I I love the the point that you made about, you know, your husband kind of, of pulling you into that generosity standpoint, but also realizing the need for savings. And, and Bob, I'm gonna let you kind of, of pick on this a little bit with her. Um, but I'd be really curious at what point did you guys begin to find that balance and understand the, the, the need for both a generosity, but also a savings element to your finances and how they end up shaping shaping your marriage in the long run, you think? Mm. You know, I wish I could say that, like, you know, I was in church one day and the angels sang and the Holy Spirit convicted. And, and you know, that's not how it happened. It came through lots and lots of arguments, lots of fights about money <laughs> right. and us not, you know what I mean? Like us not getting along and us like being mad on Christmas because I'm looking at all these crazy Christmas gifts and I'm thinking, ching, ching, cha ching, how much money that could have been in the in the savings account, you know? And there was a point where I, I realized, you know, I don't know who kind of had the epiphany first, but I know for me, at least, I realized that me being upset with my husband because he's not spending is not helping our marriage. Like, yes, we need to save, but our marriage is struggling because we can't get this money thing right. And then I think my husband, you know, I was like, we need a budget, you know, we need more planning, we need to put X amount of money away. So then what I decided was, okay, he is not going to save, you know, so I am going to save. Like, hello, like, I don't know why I never had that thought sooner. You know, it was just like, I kept waiting on him, waiting on him, waiting on him. And then I was like, wait a minute, Dana, you actually have income. So you just throw your income in the savings. And that's what I did. And then, you know, he started being like, have you seen our savings account? Yeah. He's like, it's looking, it's looking pretty good. I know, <laughs> you know, so it was really like, honestly, yeah, exactly. You're welcome. And then he started getting excited about savings because then he started seeing like, 
wow, when you put the money there and don't touch it, like it doesn't leave, it stays there. And so, you know, he started being like, all right, well, you know, then he started like opening up like these other savings accounts and there's, um, what do you call it? Acorns. When you go to like the, the grocery store or wherever yep. and your extra change. And he had like, he showed me his balance and I'm like, what the heck? How many, how many transactions have you been doing? <laughs> you know? oh, Cause man. it's like, he's got a nice little cushion there, you know? Yep. So it started making it fun for him. I think when he started to see that savings wasn't just an idea, it wasn't just a concept, but it was like, like he saw the tangible evidence of what can happen when you put money away. And we didn't miss the money. You know, we've been really um, wise, blessed, fortunate, whatever you want to call it, that even through our beginning stages, when we first got married and we had like no money, we never really depended on my income. Cause I was still, you know, I have four children. So I was raising kids and every child I'd be like, all right, deuces, you know, I'd like quit my job and stay at home for several years. And so we knew like, that's probably not, Like we don't want to get dependent upon my income, which was a blessing because when I did go back to work consistently, we had this extra income that we weren't used to having. So then we could save that the majority of it. Obviously, we use some of it, but we saved the vast majority of my income. And so I think, you know, putting some of those things in place really helped. But, you know, to go back to your original question, I think just over time, Austin, we had this revelation that we can either fight over money and try to both dig our heels in the sand and have it our way, or we can lean into the other person's strengths and just kind of see what happens. And and it turned out to be a great thing for our marriage. Mm, man, Bob, what's jumping out at you, man? This is some good, good stuff. I, I like the idea that all of a sudden he's like, magic, there's money in there. It's growing. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, I think I think that's great. Just be able to lean in, especially just taking that last thing that you said and lean in on the other person and in their strengths and being able to work with the other person rather than fighting against them to try to come about a resolution that you weren't getting before. And so I, I think it's also great that you're able to have, I would assume the budget's in there, but to be able to use your husband's income and then pretty much sounds like save yours um, to the most extent and be able just to live off one for the most part and be able to save. Um, that's amazing in and of itself. Now, I don't know how much he makes. He, he could be a multimillionaire by this point. And, you know, your income is not as much as his from being back and forth and in and out of the workforce. So, I don't think that's the case, but I don't know. So, you, but you prophesy that I receive it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, but just the idea of being able to take a one person income where we're in a society now that takes both incomes, um, to <clears throat> quote, make it today, um, is just, I think a blessing in and of itself. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that really comes from us both growing up with single moms. We both learned how to be really resourceful early on. And we realized that it doesn't take like we both have we even when we were young, we still had a standard of living where we wanted to be. But I think we both realized we're just not at that place yet. 
And so thank God we didn't, we didn't get ourselves into a ton of debt. Like we both had debt from student loans and, you know, little, I've made dumb mistakes in the beginning. You know, I remember like one time we bought like a kitchen table on credit just because, you know what I mean? Just stupid stuff like that. You're like, that table was like $400 and we're like, but we need a credit card for it. And so, you know, we did make some really dumb mistakes in the beginning, but I think we're kind of both kind of traditional. Like we believe that it's the husband's job to do the majority of the providing. It doesn't mean that the wife can't provide too, but we were both aligned, which was great. And that's something that, you know, I think we were both raised in a similar church and we kind of both had those, those traditional beliefs. So again, when I did work, it was like, oh, great. You know, well, you could take care of the cell phone bill then Dana, or you could take, you know, my income would go to things that really didn't matter. Like, well, back then cell phones were a luxury, you know what I mean? Like now it's like, no, that's like an essential thing. But back then it was like, you know, you use your home phone. So if you had a cell phone, then, you know, fine. You put little minutes on your card. And when we didn't have money, we didn't have minutes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and so we we set it up that way. And like I said, it was that was the Lord because we weren't that smart to do that. I think it was just God being like, I'm going to go ahead and protect them because yeah. she's about to have a whole bunch of kids and it's not going to be working <laughs> and they are not going to be able to make it if they're both relying on two incomes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how well, have your spending habits changed over time? Spending habits, man. Okay, so this is funny. So I'm a pastor at my church. And so I have a salary and I also have a business. And so um, I remember like when I first started booking clients, I was like, oh, like I'm going shopping. Okay. And so, (laughs) so I had a, a season where my husband was like, did you go shopping again today? Yes. Like, because it's like, I never really lived like, like that. Like I I didn't just go out shopping for myself all the time. Oh, no shame. I'm like, do you want to see all the things that I got? You know, and he'd be like, did you get me anything? No, I didn't. Like, this is all for me. <laughs> but so I definitely think I kind of had a season of like, you know, newfound, like, oh, freedom here. Like I can go out and buy all these things. And then, like I said, he was starting to find all these fun ways to save. So it was like really a role reversal for a, a season there where I was the one out here spending And I was still saving, but I was spending for sure way more than I had ever spent before. And he was saving way more than he ever saved before. So now I feel like we're in a good place. You know, we're balanced. I really believe that we're much more balanced. He's still very generous. He's still going to spend more, but um, he saves more. And then I've definitely, you know, kind of evened out where I'm back to where I feel like it's kind of my, my normal self, where my first thought is savings and then spending. I, I love that you had no shame in what you were doing and you were, were ready to show it. It wasn't, there wasn't any hidden secrets. There's I went and bought this and I want you to see it. <laughs> oh, I was excited about that stuff. Oh yeah. <laughs> when I first started coaching clients, it was really easy to get them set up with the right budget, the right plan and show them the future potential of their finances. If they followed that plan, but more times than not, they didn't succeed. And eventually I discovered why, because they were not able to get on the same page with each other. 
That's why I've created a brand new training called the Money and Marriage Success Guide that's going to walk you through the three keys to getting on the same page with your spouse around your money. And you're going to learn the number one reason why most couples don't have financial success and achieve financial independence and how you can actually overcome that. So if you feel like you cannot talk about money with your spouse, you cannot agree about money, you cannot go in the same direction and accomplish it as a couple, then you need to go check out the Money and Marriage Success Guide and get this free video training at freedommoneycoach.com slash success guide. You can go put your email in there, get that access to that video training and learn the three keys to getting on the same page with your spouse around money. Go to freedommoneycoach.com slash success guide and get your training today. Well, one thing that um, that you mentioned earlier that really jumped out at me. <clears throat> so you, you got to the point where you you didn't want to be fighting about the fact that he wasn't saving money and you know, not causing friction in your marriage. And I see so many couples mm-hmm. that that is the obstacle that they face is one's a saver, one's a spender, and they just argue about it versus trying to figure out how we're going to balance this and what do I need to do myself to accomplish this versus just expecting my spouse to automatically change and go along with me. So I, I, I love that you, you kind of noticed that and that began to kind of take a change. What would be your recommendation to couples who are struggling to understand that dynamic and recognize it and take their own ownership without maybe causing a further problem, but definitely, you know, to avoid that, that tension and that conflict that arises when we just expect the other person to change what they're doing? What would be your advice for someone to work through that? I would say people need to look at what is underneath their beliefs what is underneath your passion for spending or savings? For me, it was a lot of fear. And until I could really address the fear, then I was always going to kind of lash out at my husband because he was making me feel unsafe with his spending practices. And that's something that I think, again, if you focus on the argument itself, like you need to save more, you need to spend more, then you're going to spin your wheels and you're never going to align on the same page. But if you start to take responsibility for yourself, you know, and say, okay, why am I getting so upset? Like, what about my husband buying Christmas gifts is making me feel angry? So that's like the, the internal work that I had to start doing is Do I really not want my children to have gifts? Yes, of course I want my children to have gifts. So why is this making me so upset? And I realized it's because I was afraid of what was going to happen in January. You know, we've done all this spending in in December, but January's coming. And so then I said, okay, God, this is a trust issue. This is a trust issue with my husband. And it's really a faith issue with you. I don't believe that you're going to keep us. And then the Lord had to like remind me, don't you remember like when you guys were struggling financially, how I was faithful, how I kept you. Don't you remember how your husband was making $8 an hour and now he's not making $8 an hour. Bless the Lord. You know, like, don't you remember that? And so I began to say, you know what? This is a control thing. I'm trying to control the situation. Mm. And so that was a lot of internal work. And once I released the fear, once I released the control, then it, it that like fear of um, we're not saving enough, I stopped fearing it, you know? And then I think on my husband's side, 
I think a lot of men, and you guys are men, obviously I'm not, but I, I will speak for you. Um, <laughs> but on my husband's side, I think, you know, just the, the desire to be a good provider, that was so important to him. He didn't grow up with a dad. He didn't have a dad where he can be like, hey, can we go buy football cleats? And you know what I mean? So so he wanted to create something new in, in our family. And so, again, that's why we have to stop looking at like the argument and look like what's behind it. Can we have empathy and compassion for our partner? My husband had to be like, okay, Dana's afraid that we're going to be homeless. Like if I don't stop all the spending. And then I had to be like, you know what? I can show empathy to him that he wants to create a lifestyle that he never had. And so he's not this evil, horrible, irresponsible person. He, I have to reframe it. Like, Oh, this is why he likes to spend. This is why he likes to give. And so when we had both, again, those kind of like epiphanies, if you will, then it made it easier for us to say, all right, you know what? Let me just let him be him. And he's going to let me be me. And it, it all worked out. We've not been homeless yet. So praise God. And he's working toward that multi-million <laughs> oh, dollar job too. So you know. He absolutely is. All right. <laughs> so and that, did that you is conversations? Powerful. Go for it, Bob. Did you have conversations about this going back and forth, or was it all internal that you just came to the realization that that's where, yeah, that's, that's what you either working out. toward or where your personalities were? Yeah, I didn't have conversations with my husband about that specifically, but like, thank God for godly friends. Oh my Lord, you know, thank God. One of my best friends, she told me she's the one really who identified the whole fear and control issue. She was like, Dana, I think that you are, are dealing with a lot of fear. And I think that you're afraid because you can't control what's happening here. And of course, I did not appreciate her talking to me that way. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Like, you're my friend. You're supposed to tell me I'm right. But, yeah. you know, I, I really like sat with that. And I was like, wow. So I started kind of, again, doing this internal work and really just kind of watching my husband, like thinking of all of the things that I could be complaining about. My complaint is that he's generous. Like, really? You know, my complaint is that he's a hard worker and works so much and provides so well for our family. That was my complaint. So when, like, really, when I started thinking about it that way, I was like, okay, this is ridiculous, Dana. Like, get it together. And so on his end, I think I did, uh, we would have conversations um, about my incessant need to save, you know, and he would be like, you know, I, I'm saving. And I'm like, I don't call $10 like a month savings. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's not what I'm talking about. Um, and so we would have those conversations. And I don't know, again, like what his internal dialogue, we really haven't talked about like what his internal dialogue was that made him, I think he's just naturally a compassionate person. And so he could probably see me struggling. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I think that that's a really good question. I've never really, re never really thought about that, but I don't think we've, I know for sure we haven't like sat down and talked about like what was going on in your internal dialogue and, and what kind of made you change. I think for me, for sure, it was um, it was initiated by a friend who helped me to see a blind spot that I had. That is so good. Yeah, it, it goes back to you know a lot of what I teach in the very early stages <clears throat> of going through coaching or just, you know, figuring out your finances you've got to be able to understand yourself and if you have to be able to know how to respond to money yourself 
and what your own fears and frustrations are before you can ever expect to not only understand your spouse, but communicate with them. So for you to, to admit that it was an internal conversation basically that you had with yourself and a resolve and um, just the, the behavior that you had to embody, I think says a lot about what we put ourselves into a position of, you know, we have the authority and the power to make ourselves be in a bad spot or make ourselves be successful or, you know, be the good or the bad in the relationship, depending upon how we handle our own mindset, our own behaviors, our own attitude. And it's, it's that personal responsibility that really kickstarts a movement forward. Because once you can talk about, you know, understand where you're coming from, then no longer do you have to persuade yourself. You now can begin to understand where your spouse is coming from and communicate to them and get on that same page. And that's when the traction really starts taking place. So Bob, I'm glad you asked that because that was in the back of my mind too. Of, you know, what, what did that look like? And just to hear that it was that internal workings, I think is, is a true testament um, to just the overall dynamic of money and marriage. Um, what, one of the last things that I was wanting to ask about, you know, in your experience as a coach, what has been the, <clears throat> the number one um, act, behavior, mindset, whatever you want, want to call it, that you have seen couples implement when this dynamic to make them successful in having a spender, having a saver? What's that just really key theme that allows both parties in, in, in the marriage to find success. This is going to sound so cliche, but it's communication. It really is. It's, it's communicating without assuming, you know, if I assumed and I did incorrectly assume my husband's irresponsible. Like that was the, again, the soundtrack that was kind of playing in my, in the background is that my husband doesn't know how much money he makes. He doesn't know how much money we need. He doesn't know this. He doesn't know that he's being irresponsible. But when I actually begin to talk to him and he'd be like, no, I know exactly how much that costs. I know exactly how much we need. He did know he didn't have a written down Excel spreadsheet like I would have wanted, but he did have a plan. He knew what he was doing. And I wouldn't have known that if I just kept assuming. So communication. And I always tell my clients, the purpose of communication is understanding, not agreeing. So I don't have to agree with everything that he's saying, and he doesn't have to agree with everything that I'm saying. But when I tell him, listen, I want to save money because I want to have, like one of the things I have a huge value for travel. I want to be able to take my kids all over the world. And we have been able to do that. Our kids have been out of the country from you know time they were small. And we won't be able to do that though, if we don't save. So yeah. this is kind of, again, me, me exposing like my, my, not only my fears, but then my dreams, my desires to him. And and saying, this is why savings is so important to me. And then him being able to listen with empathy and saying, you know what? Okay, that makes sense. I understand it. He might not agree. He might not agree on the amount that I feel like we need to save, but at least he can understand where I'm coming from. And I think if couples can learn how to communicate so that they understand each other better, you learn more about each other. And then you appreciate more about each other. And so what was meant to divide you actually can become to you, it can actually begin to unite you. And you can realize like, whoa, we have, like my husband and I have so much unity in our finances, even though we still see things very differently. 
and that's okay. People feel, I feel like a lot of couples feel like they have to be like aligned and like agreeing on every little point. And you don't, you just have to be able to have an understanding of where each other's coming from and then keep the bigger picture, the bigger picture. The bigger picture is not the amount of money in the bank account. The bigger picture is not the date that you want to be out of debt. You know, that's important. But what's the bigger picture? The bigger picture is the vision that you're working toward. What kind of marriage do you want? What kind of marriage do you want to emulate? Or do you want your children to emulate? That is what is the bigger picture. So do you want your children hearing you fighting every night over finances? Like, is that worth it? And for us, it just wasn't worth it anymore. I was like, I would rather, this is going to be like kind of controversial, but I'm like, I would rather us just like have no money and pay all our bills late and be happy, you know, and and have our kids actually see like a mom and dad who love each other, you know, Mm -hmm. than for us to live in a big old fancy house and have, you know, all the quote things that we want and need, but we can't get along and we're fighting every day. Yeah. Mm. That's good. Bob, any final thoughts or questions? No, I I think Dana just summed it all up pretty well. And I'm, I'm not only am I impressed, but I thank you so much for coming on our show um, and sharing your wisdom with us and um, really just appreciate all that you've said and your wisdom and getting another perspective and not just having to listen to Austin carry on and on and on through another podcast. So. <laughs> Oh, thank you, Bob. It's been great combination. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Austin. Now, this has been really great. I think these conversations around money are so important. You know, there's all these stats every year that come out and it's, you know, reasons why couples divorce. We all know, you know, number one, communication issues. Number two, finances. So, I mean, it's important that we talk about it and it's important that couples continue to have these money conversations. But I would just say in your conversating, listen with empathy. And again, the purpose of communication is not agreement, but understanding. And it's always good to have that one friend that doesn't agree, right? That's right. We need them. God knows we all need them. The the, the sounding board that tells us when we're actually wrong. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Well, Diana, thank you so much, like, like Bob said, for sharing your time, your wisdom, <clears throat> your insight. Um, I love your story. I love your passion. I love your heart. Um, just the the honesty that you um, transposed today was, was very incredible in how we can work through the challenging elements of marriage and understand our spouse and just what it takes not only from ourselves, but how we can also have that impact upon our spouse. I think it was what a huge take home for me. Where can folks connect with you, find out more about you, learn how you can help them. Awesome. Um, the easiest place is just to go to my, my website, realrelationshiptalk.com. They can find the podcast link there. You can find all my social media links there. So that's the best place, realrelationshiptalk.com. Wonderful. Well, thank you again so much. It's an honor to have you on the show, a privilege to visit with you, and look forward to having a continued conversation. Thank you so much, Austin and Bob. Appreciate you guys.